This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Okay, well, hello and good day, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is for you. Welcome to the Behold podcast, everybody. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's, I don't know where, what it's like for you. Um, there may be a storm coming, actually, I heard. But where we're sitting right now, it is glorious. The sun is shining, the birds are chirping. We're looking at fresh, green, rolling hills and just experiencing the beauty of God's creation out here uh, in beautiful Livermore, California. So, yeah, looking at one of Dan's favorite places, the good old Las Positas Golf Course. That's right. This is uh, one of my favorite places. We're here right now because we just got back from uh, a little bit of aviation uh, extravaganza. Yeah, <laughs> tell the good people what do we do. What do we? Do? Yeah, that was great. We, um, Dan and I. So if if you've listened to the podcast, I think I mentioned before that I love flying airplanes. It's a big passion of mine at the moment. And I finally roped Dan into it. He's been playing hard to get, but I finally got him to come with me, risk his life for the joy of life friendship. And limb. And Lim. And it was great. We did a little bay tour this nice, clear day. So we flew over San Francisco and Alcatraz and the Golden Gate and all that. And was it beautiful or was it not? It was incredible. And it's really cool to see this place that I have lived my whole life from, you know, just a different different point of view. <clears throat> and, you know, it was a little it was a little harrowing only because I, I've been in small planes before before and I've flown many times. But something happened <laughs> With you, Sean, yesterday. I don't know if you want to tell the good people. This was so there was a little bit of, uh, you know, exercising some demons here. Yeah, it's you know, I, how how into it do we get? Long story short, I had to do an emergency landing yesterday, um, and yeah, it was quite the experience. But your training, your training served you well. A tree, you can hear a plane right now going over. Yeah. You know, I, actually, yeah, I felt very calm. When they just the, took action of the checklist and things you have to do, and thankfully I was within um, gliding distance of Livermore Airport, so I just put it right back down where I came from, and it's uneventful. Well, I don't know about that, but I, to your credit, you know he was he was unshaken. He just hopped right back in the saddle, and and he did a really great job. It was really fun to watch you kind of go through your different checks and all that, and. Yeah, just you did an awesome job, bro. Oh, that's kind of you, man. I'm glad you came. In our defense, the 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 goal in this little trip was we're gonna land in Petaluma and have lunch there, and then do behold while we were having lunch. Yes. We sit down and we're surrounded by like toddlers, like three year olds. It was very very loud, so it wasn't fitting. So here we are, post flight. We're, we're at the golf course now, so it's not like we're playing golf. We're working, okay? We're doing the behold. Bottom. Yeah, this is for the Lord. Exactly, exactly. But we but we are uh, enjoying it while we do it. So. Wherever you are, we hope that you are enjoying something similar. And we just have just just a quick little uh, little word we want to bring forward as we enter into the Easter season. So thank you for joining us. Someone's phone alarm is going yeah, off. I hope you can hear that. It's, I think it's in their like their their club bag over there, and they're off so, golfing somewhere. So it's just ringing like, over and over and over again. We're gonna we're gonna power through. But Sean, as we approach. This Easter season, we're, we're taking a break from Luke, I understand, and we're going to focus on the resurrection. So let's kind of set the scene a little bit 
first of all, like where are we, where are we pausing in Luke, and how does that even perfectly just kind of set us up to to dive right into our Easter series? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, so if you're at the crossing, then you just heard Charlie teach uh, the the first kind of third of Luke chapter 18. You might remember there is this uh, account between this Pharisee and a tax collector. And the point of that, as we saw, is they had very different attitudes towards Jesus, right? The, the, the Pharisee was prideful. He boasted about how holy he was and all his works he did. Um, and these are both prayers, by the way. He's praying in pride about how great he is. And the other guy uh, is a tax collector, and the tax collector, complete opposite. He can't even lift his eyes up. He, he beats his chest saying, I'm not even worthy, you know? And, and because of that, Jesus points out, yes, th- this is the one that has the correct heart performing. And so Charlie's teaching and our takeaways from that were really just this idea of humility versus pride, right? Charlie made a big deal about how, I think his phrasing was, humility is uh, foundational or it feeds our ability to put faith in God. That makes a lot of sense. And really, Charlie, he broke that down as, what is humility? Humility is having the, the right perspective of how you stand before God. You know, a sober perspective. Not too high, not too low, but just a correct view. And if you have that correct view of who you are in relationship to who God is, and you really acknowledge those things, then the natural byproduct should be just this incredible faith based upon humility. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always thought about humility as just having a like a, a non-delusional view of the universe and your and your place in it, right? Because even even from a you know just from a a secular worldview, you, know, you just think about you think about the universe, the vast expanse of this of of the cosmos, and you think about just how the Earth is just this little speck in the middle of all that. And then we're just like a little nothing on that speck, you know? And so for, for, for the idea for me to, to get puffed up in pride and think I'm the center of everything is it's delusional. And so to, to live in a humble manner is really to just have, a, have like a, a realistic view of the universe. <laughs> yeah, and if you just think about like the, the phrasing or the wording of when you would use that word humble outside of a church environment, it's usually used not to describe putting someone down, right, or just forcing them to be low. It's it's usually described as putting them in their right place, right? Yeah. Like, oh, man, that guy got humbled. Well, it's usually not he got wronged or hurt. It's usually he had some kind of impression about himself that probably wasn't correct, and then that got corrected yeah. somehow. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that that's a great... Dan and I are laughing because we were just sitting somewhere else and this very kind-looking lady walked by us, hung out for a minute, and then walked away. And then we just moved to run from the uh, alarm and we found her again, our next door, and now she just picked up and, and left. So we, we feel bad for chasing this lady out of the golf course. Uh, anyways, the reason why that's a great segue is because we're taking a break from Luke and we're launching into our Easter series this coming Sunday. And that same idea of just having a correct perspective of yourself and the Lord is so important to, to think about and to hang on to as we head into Easter season. Because, you know, we're going to be talking about and singing about and learning about a lot of things that I'm sure a lot of us are already familiar with, right? Mm. Like, probably not a spoiler, you know that the tomb is empty kind of thing. Amen. 
And so it's easy to kind of just get lulled to sleep in the routine of that. But man, what an opportunity to remind ourselves of not just who we are before the Lord and what he's accomplished for us, how our identity has changed because of what we're going to be talking about. But man, as we read these accounts and these amazing things that took place upon the cross and post-cross, and that should surge that 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 awe and wonder because we're humble before God, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that really comes to mind whenever I think of Easter is I just think about these songs that we sing that just proclaim the resurrection and that proclaim the tomb is empty and the implications of that, that Jesus's victory over sin and death has been transferred to us by faith. And so we can celebrate that victory as our own because we're in Christ. And we sing all these just amazing epic songs of joy and victory and just I love how that pairs with the humility we see, you know, coming out of Luke and just going into this season where we really focus on the empty tomb and and what that means for our lives. I think a big implication of that is that we we we're, we become worshipers, you know, of this new covenant that we 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 give God praise for everything he's done and um and so I don't know, I, I think that there's this there's this real connection between humility and awe and reverence and worship. Um, what, what do you think about that, Sean? Like, where does that stir up for you? Well, what, what is worship? Worship is just the right response to who God is or what God has done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it totally makes sense that if you're, if you're in that mode where you're viewing his accomplishments for you, his character, his faithfulness to his promises through the right lens, then for sure it should really prompt that heart that just can't help but be in awe and wonder and, and worship. You know, I think about a yeah. lot of places in scripture where those moments happen, right? Where like God does something amazing and then the natural response you see is people falling at his feet, whoever his feet we're talking about, right. in worship because of that same, again, just right response to what's taking place before them. I love it. I love it. And there's this this psalm that I go to a lot. I mean, I love I love spending time in the in the book of Psalms. And Psalm 96, I would just encourage you guys to read through that on your own. Even as like, so it really reads like a call to worship. And I don't know, what if we all kind of just all of us beholders, we we thought of this, this chapter as our call to worship as we head into Easter season and just read it and meditate on it and memorize some of it. There's just amazing stuff in there. There's you know, the first couple of verses are like, sing a new song to the Lord, all the earth. Um, you know, tell of his salvation, decla- declare his glory. Wow. Great is the Lord and he's greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods. And it says, you know, verse five and six, um, all, of the, all of the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Again, it's telling us to ascribe to the Lord the glory and the strength that is due his name, bringing an offering, coming to his courts with thanksgiving. And then verse nine is something that I kind of want us to camp out on right here is, it says this, worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness, tremble before him all the earth. And on this topic of humility and awe and wonder, man, I just think about, you know, witnessing or interacting with or responding to or beholding 
something that is just so great and magnificent and so majestic <laughs> that all you can do in, its, in, in the presence of this, of this thing or this person or this experience is tremble. And that, that is the, the call that the psalmist is giving us when it comes to our response to God in worship. And when we think about the empty tomb and the resurrection and just the, the implications of that for our life, um, do we tremble, you know? Like, do we, are we so stirred to worship that we tremble? And it's interesting, sometimes in the Old Testament when this word is used, uh, there's a, there's a, it's used to describe a movement, a type of dance even. Like, there's something so like physical and visceral, like you have to move, you have to do something because you've witnessed something so amazing and so great. And what if that was our response, you know, to God during this Easter season for everything he's done? I mean, it would really, I don't know, it would really show like that humility and that awe and that reverence. Yeah. Just a trembling, you know, what do you think? 100%. Well, I think about that same picture of like trembling and fear and awe. I mean, obviously we're going to be looking at the accounts of the resurrection in this this teaching series. And I, I'm thinking about like Matthew 28 right now, which... You know, Matthew chapter 27, Jesus is crucified. Um, he he says that he, the wording in Matthew is he yields his spirit, you know, which even that just points towards Jesus' attitude, mm. I think. But after that, what happens? I mean, the veil is torn. Remember yeah. this miraculous moment, or the earth shakes. You know, yeah. it, it is craziness going on. Fast forward a little bit. In chapter 28 of Matthew, just you can listen along with me. This is verse one. Now, after the Sabbath... Toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. So there's that fear thing, and because of what they were saying, they literally trembled and passed out, okay? Yeah. But the angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. This is so amazing. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So what happens? They, they, they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy mm. and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. And just imagine you're them right now, right? Like oh you just watched Jesus suffer through incredible things, be crucified and die upon the cross, be buried in this tomb, sealed with a great stone. And now in verse nine, behold, Jesus met them and just says, hey, greetings. And what's the response? What's up? <laughs> and they came up and they took hold of his feet and worshiped him. That's, wow. that's the right response to the glory of Jesus when you understand who he is and who you are. I love that so much because at the crossing, <clears throat> Charlie was, was challenging us. And, and I, I just really appreciated the, the directness of it and the, spe- the specificity of it. He said, hey, do something physical to show your heart posture towards God, to show your, your humility and, and your dependency upon him. And I think it's very, it's very easy for us. And, you know, I, 
this can be a hobby horse for me, so excuse me. <laughs> but it's very easy for us, you know, just kind of in our modern culture to just be super reserved. You know, do we just we come to worship, we stand there with our Starbucks in one hand, and we sing, and and we, you know, we we're not really fully engaged. You know, like God is worthy of our worship, like. He's worthy of everything that we have, our body, our mind, our, our spirit, everything. And um, so anyway, Charlie challenged us to start our day just on our knees as, as a physical representation of our allegiance to Jesus, um, as a physical, you know, just expression of our, our, our dependency upon him and our humility before him. And, and you know... As a worship leader, this is something that I just, I love to, to see like stirred and cultivated is, is like just this alignment between what, what we're thinking, what we're feeling and what we do with our bodies, you know? And you see when these women, they, when they saw the resurrected Christ, like they fell at his feet and worshiped. They weren't like, whoa, Jesus, you're cool. I love you. That's so cool. You did what you said you were going to do. Praise Jesus. You know, like it was just this yeah, like. They grabbed his feet and worshiped him. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, and. Um, I, I just, that's like something that I really, that, that my heart beats for that type of response, you know, for, for our people and our, 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 you know, our flock at, at VBC. So, um, hopefully that's kind of like inspiring, you know, and, and freeing for, for you. And here's the deal. Like if I bet you that wasn't the first time that, that those women ever did that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they're. Worship and the expression of worship is is a spiritual practice. And if we don't ever take a step or, or challenge ourselves, how how do we expect to grow in that practice, right? Yeah, and like, you know, like Dan said, everyone's different in how they express their feelings, right? So it's not like Dan's trying to say, like, you have to do this if you really love Jesus. But the point is, like, I'll ask you, answer yourself right now as you're listening to this. What do you think your physical countenance is going to be when you stand before the throne in eternity? Yeah, yeah. For real. Like, when you stand face-to-face with Jesus, what do you think your response is going to be? My guess is <laughs> it's probably not going to be the Starbucks in one hand, <laughs> not really moving. You're probably going to be weeping for joy, yeah. falling at his feet and worshiping him, right? And hopefully you agree with that. But if you do, then I want to ask you step two, why is that? You know, why will you respond that way in heaven? Why are you okay saying that then, but you're uncomfortable doing that right now, you know? And I'll answer that for myself, because I can feel that way sometimes. I imagine frequently that I'll probably be much more expensive in eternity than I am today, right? Yeah. And why is that? Well, you know, there's something about the setting we're in with this kind of, I don't want to say consumerist, but there is something about our church setting where it's kind of, you come and you receive and you leave. There's something about... I think Satan's intentions and his his tactics here in America to just more and more separate our hearts from this idea that 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 this is all real. It's reality, right? But all that yeah. said, still, it's like if the issue is you think you'll worship more fully in eternity because mm-hmm. then you'll be really convinced it's real. Okay, then we got to start there. <laughs> and again, tying it back to the humility thing, are you fully down to your bones? convinced that all these things we're going to be talking about in this coming month, about Jesus going to Jerusalem, being received, going upon the cross, dying and res- being resurrected, 
all that he would accomplish, his promise of the Holy Spirit when he leaves, all those things. Do you believe that? Simple yes or no. Do you, do you believe it as real as you believe that the air is breathable, that, yeah. that it's going to rain tomorrow, all these things, right? Because if it is, then you have to, maybe like Dan said, maybe it's a spiritual discipline. It's not just a feeling thing. Maybe just like we renew our minds in all other kinds of areas in our walk with the Lord, we have to renew our hearts and minds in this area. Lord, help me to remember that, 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 that my Savior is real, that the Holy Spirit is among and within me right now. He's here. I don't have to wait for eternity for the presence of the Lord. It's here. So God, help me to just love and reflect that truth in my heart. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful process for all of us to go through. And like we always do on this podcast, give you something to think about, give you something to, to just bring to the Lord in prayer and, and do some personal evaluation. And, and just know that we're in this with you guys. You know, this isn't us telling you what to do. Like we're, we're, we're working through all of this stuff alongside all of you. And, you know, it's our heart and our, and our goal that this Easter season just not, I don't know, just like come and go. And, and we just don't want to miss what God wants to do. You know, we, we expect that God will, um, will bring people into our community that have never heard this story before and, and that, that they'll respond in faith. You know, we, we expect uh, the, the Jesus, the resurrection and the life to breathe life onto parts of our lives that may seem dead, whether it's relationships or our, our hopes and dreams, or maybe it's our um, just, you know, some kind of struggle that we're going through in our physical bodies or, or uh, you know, a mental health issue we're going through. It's like, do we believe that this resurrecting king can can resurrect these areas of our life that that um, seem gone and dead, and man, it's something that we, we we need to challenge each other with. And in my opinion, you know, it starts with just this this humble, reverent awe. You know, like for me personally, when <laughs> and I think you can make a case, you know, biblically as well. But like, if something's off in my life. If I have a problem, it's, it usually, it, I mean, it can almost always every time be traced back to, I'm just not worshiping and, and living humbly before God. Like I, my, you know, my, my gaze is, is somewhere else, you know? And, um, so I just think it's just a great opportunity. These, these like seasons, you know, in the church calendar to like reset, refocus, and just remember like, you know, why, why we can have such hope, why we can even worship God. Like it's, it's just a great time for us. Amen. That's a lot to chew on, a lot to think about, but yeah, I just want to reiterate what Dan just said in that, you know, this encouragement to, to humble your heart before the Lord in this upcoming season and, and pray and hopefully grow in how we express our love of the Lord and our awe and reverence of him. None of that is motivated by, Hey, we just want to see more people raise their hands. You know, mm-hmm. it's really simple. We want our church family because we're a family, y'all. We want our family to love Jesus more next month than we do this month. And we want him to have more glory here on earth yeah. next month than he does this month. And for that to happen, it, it rests on us, guys, to to speak about, to act out, right, to pray over, and to to worship evidently and publicly Jesus like we didn't before, 
right? That's the yeah. charge he gives us. So we're just we're excited about that vision and we want you to be a part of it. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you guys for hanging with us on this little shorty and also just for your graciousness to us for uh, being off last week. And um, you guys are just the best, the most awesome. And uh, we just love you. Indeed, I do. All right, until next time, peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.